0: This is Monty in the Morning. The show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hi, how are you? Hey, yo, man. All right. uh, Good. Thanks for joining the show. Um, Hi, Jake. Hi. Hi. It's good to be here on a Friday, right? Oh, no. Today's Thursday. No, today's only Wednesday. April 13th. It's Wednesday the 13th. Oh, boy. Wow. 2022. We have to talk about. Today's is going to be one of those shows. I'm just telling you now. it, It is because we have to talk about things Jake likes, so that's never really enjoyable. When Kevin Durant has a good game, it's like oh bummer, you know. Slurp fest is on. You know, Jake's gonna be happy, which uh, you know, it just is what it is. Yeah. How about your boy? Yeah, he put out just like I said he would. He put out. Yeah. You know, hit big shots, you know, love perform. making is not something to talk about in such terms. Hey, yeah, put the ball in the hole. What do you uh, want? We'll talk Nets and Celtics coming up. We got to talk about the Washington football team. The commanders Dude, this story with Daniel Snyder is crazy. We'll talk about that. By the way, it's National Peach Cobbler Day. Mm mm-hmm. um, You know, I mean, it is. It is unbelievable. That. I mean desserts are seemingly always front and center on this fat. program. Um yeah, I mean little saggy here, little belly fat there, little yeah. peach cobbler on the thighs. I mean yep. Yep. yeah, what's your best dessert? The best dessert. We'll talk about that coming up. But more salacious, incredibly stupid rumors surrounding so we'll get your facts straight. Yeah, seriously. Surrounding what could be a potential trade of Rudy Gobert. Um, to the Golden State Warriors. And I understand that it's silly season in the NBA. Uh-huh. I get it. Like, we're in the playoffs. Um, teams are always looking forward to the summer. But under what heavily psychotropic drug that you are using, would you find it plausible that the Utah Jazz would trade Rudy Gobert To the Golden State Warriors. It's the fucking Vernal Equinox. That's what it would have to be. Seriously. That's what it it would have to be. Something crazy. To think (laughs) that the Golden State Warriors. Would be the, the Utah Jazz dance partner. In a trade of Rudy Gobert. That makes no sense to me at all. Am I crazy to think the Jazz would never make this deal?
1: No, not only do I think they would never make a deal with the Warriors for Rudy Gobert, I don't think that they would trade him in the Western Conference. I don't think that that you trade a, a guy of that value um, in your conference. I think you send him out east. I, I think that's the most plausible um, scenario. And we've talked about this many times uh, on the show that, you know, Toronto is front and center and there are some other teams out east that, that could really be a good fit. But you got to understand, I mean, whether we're talking about, you know, uh, LeBron or or Dame or or book or whoever it is out west. Gobert is Gobert is in that same ilk when you talk about trading him from the sense that you're not going to trade a guy who's a defensive player of the year to a team that you're going to see a bunch of times every single year. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So. This nonsense about, you know, well, reports are saying the Warriors would be really interested in a blockbuster deal for Rudy. Reports are reports. But what we're here to tell you is that it makes absolutely no sense that they would trade him to the Warriors. Uh, we told you it doesn't make any sense that you would trade him to Dallas. Like, there, there, there is a formula here. And that is to send him out East in in the other conference so you don't see him but once or twice a year. And that's what I think makes the most sense uh, if you're the Utah Jazz,
0: yeah. and by the way, the the Dallas Mavericks thing, I, and we've been pretty, I think, blunt about this. like why would why would you trade him to you're never trading him to golden State? he he to see him multiple times and to have him be an opponent in the playoffs, yeah between you and the NBA Finals doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But this is the same thing we said about Dallas. I mean, for a Rudy Gobert trade to make sense. It's got to be win-win for everybody. I understand this is going to take multiple teams and likely five to seven players to get a deal of this magnitude done. I totally understand that. That does not mean that you are you are going to be desperate to trade Rudy Gobert. Yes, you need to unload that contract. It's not even about what Rudy does on the floor. That contract is hindering the Utah Jazz. I thought you know yesterday the luxury tax numbers came out. Um, and I tweeted about it, there are, there are seven teams paying the luxury tax. The Utah Jazz are one of them. Here are the other six teams paying the luxury tax. The Golden State Warriors. Okay. Good team. The Brooklyn Nets won a playoff game last night. The L.A. Clippers, Kawhi and Paul George. The Milwaukee Bucks reigning NBA champions. The L.A. Lakers... Who have three of the better players in the league, two of the best players in the league, whether they win, lose, or are hurt all the time, irrelevant. You're paying $20 million in luxury tax for LeBron James, who had his, arguably his best season ever, and Anthony Davis, as well as Russell Westbrook. Like, you understand why you're paying $20 million there. And the sixth team is the Philadelphia 76ers, who are $10 million in the luxury tax. And, oh, by the way, have James Harden, Joel Embiid. Uh, you know, Thibault, like a bunch of dudes. They're going to compete for an Eastern Conference Championship. Yeah, All of those teams, you understand why they're in the luxury tax. You can justify it. Then the Utah Jazz are $11.1 million into the luxury tax. For Mike Conley, and you're paying Rudy Gobert $41 million. So my point is, in saying that, it's not that Rudy's a terrible player or some scrub you got to move. He's simply making too much money and his contract is weighing you down. So I don't think either one of us disagree that you need to trade Rudy. But yeah. in your opinion, I mean, what, is it what he does on the floor or is it the contract?
1: I mean, I think it's a combination of both. I think as as usual with Rudy, it's more about what he does not do on the floor. And, and I think when you look at some of those teams that you were just listing off, I mean, let's start with the Warriors because they're front and center. Why, why, would, why would the Warriors want Rudy Gobert? Well, they would want him because they don't need him to shoot. They don't need him to do anything but rebound and outlet. That's it. Because you've got, you know, three guys in Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson who can all knock it down in a really high percentage. So you're not going to ask Rudy to do a bunch of stuff. Now, I also want to address this this whole thing on Jazz Twitter yesterday about everybody saying, oh, well, the Warriors have the best defensive player in the league, Draymond Green, and why do they need Rudy? If a team thinks that they can get better by acquiring a player, they're going to go ahead and try and do that. So clearly, you know, uh, the Warriors, at least on some level, like what Rudy brings to the table. So it doesn't surprise me at all that they would want to trade for him. So I think, you know, what contributes to trading Rudy? I think, yeah, it's what he doesn't do on the floor. I think, as usual, as we've talked about a gazillion times on the show— it is he is one-dimensional offensively. He sets screens and he rebounds. That's basically the gist of what he does. You can lob it to him a little bit, but for the most part, he is a screen setter and a rebounder for you. Whereas, you know, that skill set works with a team like the Warriors. It doesn't work for the Jazz, and that's why they struggle. So that's why I think it's, it, it on some level, he is desired by other teams because they have the roster to maximize his skill set where the Jazz don't have that roster. So, that to me is what contributes to teams like the Warriors wanting to trade for him.
0: Yeah, but I, I think it's, and I don't mean to go back and say the same thing repeatedly, but I think it's important to note that Rudy Gobert is not a bad player. Yeah. Rudy Gobert is not some scrub or some POS that you got to get off the roster just as soon as possible. The reason you're trading Rudy Gobert, in my opinion, and from what I've been told by sources with the Jazz, is that there is a burnout factor with Rudy Gobert in the organization. That is, in my opinion, front and center number one. I think if Rudy Gobert played at this level and was a get-along guy who did not create problems in the locker room, um, who was not constantly complaining to the officials, who did not get schemed out in the last five minutes, I think you would be more than happy to keep him. But then you throw the contract on top of all of those issues, and I think that's why you're going to trade Rudy Gobert. And I will again say what I've been told for going on five months now, what we reported going on five months ago now, the Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell essentially have come to an agreement where they have promised Donovan Mitchell that they are going to remake this roster and build this team around him. And I think Donovan has made it very clear to the Utah Jazz he does not want to play with Rudy Gobert. And I think the Jazz agree that that's not a great fit. And those are the reasons that they're going to move him. It is not that Rudy Gobert is a bad player. Those are simp- That's simply not a factor mm-hmm. in why they're going to trade him. I believe wholeheartedly the chemistry issues and the money are why they are trading Rudy Gobert. At least that's what I have been told. And I will again say that they had multiple suitors they, they talked to. I'm not even saying that they could have made a deal. Multiple teams had conversations with the Jazz about Rudy Gobert at the deadline. The Jazz are open for business on Rudy Gobert, and my firm belief is that the, the best fit in the NBA for Rudy Gobert is the Toronto Raptors. They have players to trade. No, it will not be Scotty Barnes because why would you do that? Yeah. But if you look at the players they have to trade, and if you can can find a third team who can bring you value in either draft capital or salary relief, that third team is what's going to put this trade over the line because this will not be Rudy Gobert to the Toronto Raptors straight up. That's not going to happen. Yeah, The money does not work. The Raptors do not have the capital to do that. You need a third team. Um, And likely you're going to send out two other players with Rudy Gobert to make a deal work for all parties. That's what this trade's going to look like. Is, Is it certain to happen? No, not by any stretch. But I'm telling you now, the Utah Jazz are gonna blow this roster up. And it is it is a domino effect. It is really one thing creating a chain reaction. When you trade a guy like Rudy Gobert and you move pieces with him and you change the player significantly on this roster, it allows you to keep Quinn Snyder as your head coach. And again, I will say, I do not believe that Quinn Snyder and the Utah Jazz wanna want, want a divorce. I I I can say with like 95% surety, they would like the Utah Jazz to retain Quinn Snyder. And I think Quinn Snyder would like to be the head coach of the Utah Jazz. I think the only team that he finds worldly or possible even would be the San Antonio Spurs in, in the capacity of replacing Greg Popovich. I don't think he's going to the Lakers. I If I'm Quinn Snyder, I absolutely take the phone call. Yeah, No doubt about that. Once the playoffs are over, I take the phone call. But this story yesterday about how Quinn has ruled out the Lakers because of the way they fired their it, – it's complete nonsense. It, it, is, it is not the case that Quinn Snyder was like, well, you know what, man, I'd have taken that job. But yeah. that just is not the way that went down. Of course, down. this is inaccurate. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of people want to point at the way that Vogel was let go and then he found out first on Twitter. Frank Vogel did not find out he got fired on Twitter. Frank Vogel knew what was coming, and everybody pointing it. Well, Sunday he said that he had not heard shit. Well, what do you expect him to say? Yeah, you know this is it. It's over for me. Yeah, they're gonna fire. They told me they're gonna fire me. Do you really think he's gonna say that? He's not gonna say that. Yeah. Why would he say that? Yeah. Frank Vogel is a a grown adult. He knows exactly exactly what was going on there. Rob Palinka is a guy that is. For a lot of things that he's not, Rob Palenka usually treats people with respect. And I know that he and, and Frank Vogel have had their differences, but he respects Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel did not find out he was fired on Twitter. Yeah. He did not. Yeah. And was he happy to see that he there were stories out there? I'm sure he was not. But do you really think in January that Frank Vogel had no idea he could be in trouble? Do you really think at the trade deadline when they didn't make the Russell Westbrook trade that he thought he'd be the coach of this team in 2022-23? He knew what was happening. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's not stupid. He's not no. naive. I just think that, you know, I, look, I, I think when you look, at, when you look at the Quinn situation or you look at the Gobert trade possibilities, all these situations – There's a lot of hypotheticals, but I think if you just slow down and you look at these situations logically, it kind of starts to become obvious what's going on. I mean, I think you make a great point about the Vogel situation. I mean, we've all—I would say most people have been in a situation where you know something's going to happen before it happens, right? Like, whether that's at work or whether—I mean, you know, there's so many different situations, but Vogel knew what was coming. And and you—I think what people don't think about is— just the same way, you know, that a lot of us would go into an office or, you know, we see the same people every day. The, these guys see each other every single day. So what you have to remember is when it's going bad and times are tough, like they, the, the feeling is around. These guys are not naive. They're paid professionals. I mean, this is not – Vogel is not some rookie head coach. So I just think that, you know, this is kind of silly season. I think you'll see a lot of stuff on Twitter – but just get back to being logical and saying, all right, what actually makes sense for an organization to do? Does it actually make sense for the for the Jazz to trade Rudy to the Warriors or to the Mavericks or any other Western Conference team? Not really. Not really. You know, it, What makes sense is sending them out east so you won't see them, and there are more options out east than there are west to get a trade done. So that's what I think will happen.
0: Well, and I, I also think, though— Part of this conversation a lot of people in this town are unwilling to have is the burden of responsibility for this situation. And I understand that Ryan Smith is a guy that people are like, oh, new owner, oh, look at him, spending money. Ryan Smith has made a lot of mistakes since he took this team over. and And let's stop sugarcoating and blaming players for this current situation because I don't know how to break it to you. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are not at fault for the chemistry issues on this team. You are not at fault for making $41 million a year, Rudy. You're not. Somebody offered you that. Are you going to say, no, you know what? That would make it very difficult for us to win. Uh, No, I'm not interested in in being the highest paid player on the team. (laughs) That seems likely to you. That's not Rudy Gobert's fault. Ryan Smith signed off on that deal. Ryan Smith signed off on the Mike Conley deal. Mm Mm-hmm. Ryan Smith signed off on the Joe Ingles trade after he tweeted that they weren't trading Joe Ingles. Ryan Smith has overseen a stagnant development of his young players. Ryan Smith has overseen Jared Butler not getting significant minutes on this roster or on this team while he's on this roster. Yeah. Ryan Smith is the owner of this team every single thing that happens with this club is 100% on Ryan Smith. Let's stop blaming Rudy Gobert and and Donovan Mitchell for the Ales of this team and start talking about the people that are actually responsible. And that's the bro with the checkbook. And if you are unwilling, and if you don't have the balls to do what's got to be done, let's not couch this and spin and blame people who have no power to fix the situation. The players are not at fault for what's going on here. Point the finger at Dennis Lindsay. Instead of torching me last year when fucking Lindsay left and I said that finally Ryan Smith is making a good decision. The single best decision that Ryan Smith made was making sure that Dennis Lindsay didn't fuck this roster up any more than he already has. So let's just stop spinning and trying to say that Rudy and Donovan and this guy and the water boy and the janitor and the guy who puts the floor down, those guys are all at fault. But Ryan Smith, you know, oh, my God, tech billionaire. The fault begins and ends with the owner of the team. Mm -hmm. He chose to pay the luxury tax with Mike Conley. And what did Jazz fans do when Mike Conley came back and people are like, oh, my God. Mike Conley, the messiah. Oh! (laughs) That's cool you went and bought his jersey. But when you're on your way to the old folks home, when you drop that jersey off with Mike Conley, hopefully, and he's not on this roster, just remember, who told you that was a mistake? And if you had the cojones to let Mike Conley go, you'd be in a far better position. If you had the cojones to not approve the Rudy Gobert contract. You didn't have to do that, but you did it anyways.
1: Yeah. I don't think people realize that Ryan Smith was part of that. I think people think that that was, that was uh old regime, if you will.
0: Well, I mean, R- Ryan approved that deal. It, yeah. it, it, when that deal was written, Ryan was not the owner. When that deal was being consummated, Ryan Smith was the owner and he signed off on that deal. Yeah. And I, Look, I understand it. He had owned the team for like 37 seconds, and in uh, butthole, Lindsey walks up to him and is like, "Hey, by the way, can you sign this 41 million dollar on average year deal for Rudy Gobert?" Pause, bro. Pause. Chill out. But he didn't chill out, and he approved it. I don't even fault him for that. I fault him for the number, is what I fault him for. The things that I point at Dennis, Dennis Lindsey for. I, I mean, we we've talked about the draft. We've talked about terrible trades. We've yeah. talked about terrible player personnel decisions. The things I fault Ryan Smith for are rubber stamping things. The things I fault Ryan Smith for are not unlike the things that I fault other new owners of, of franchises. He's a rookie owner. He's going to make mistakes. Yeah. But the thing, the thing that I think you cannot do is you, you cannot continue to make the same mistakes over and over again. And whether you're in, in sales or you're the owner of an NBA franchise, and I've, I've been living on this mantra this week because I saw it on Monday or something, Sunday night. You've got to get serious about two questions in your life. And apply this to your your everyday life. If you're watching this show right now, apply these two questions to your life. What is it that you are doing right now that you have to stop doing in order to get to the place you want to go? So what are you doing? Right now that you have to stop doing that's preventing you from seeing success. That's question number one. Question number two is, what are you not doing that you need to start doing that will help you see success? And if Ryan Smith would answer those two questions bluntly, you would realize you need to stop being loyal to players simply because they wear the note on their chest and start being loyal to players who can be the foundational pieces for the first championship that this team will win. That's what you have to stop and start doing. And this team has historically been far too loyal to guys like Ennis Cantor. You've been far too loyal, far too loyal to guys like Mike Conley because you're emotional and Mike's the perfect fit for this team. Derek favors. Derek Favors, remember the Gordon Hayward? Derek Favors restricted free agency, sign him to a tender thing. You should not have brought Derek Favors back the second time. You should never have let Gordon Hayward get out of here. He should still be here today. You have Donovan Mitchell, and this is this is the next big one. Yeah this summer, this summer will determine success and failure for the next decade of this team. Understand that. That what they do this summer will decide whether or not you celebrate a championship in Temple Square over this basketball team. Keep it real. That's what it's going to be. Because you've set yourself back two years now by re-signing Mike Conley. You set yourself back two years by not trading Joe Ingles last offseason. And then you made a bad trade with Joe Ingles after he tore his ACL. How did it feel to watch him sitting on the the Blazers bench the other night? Mm -hmm. How did that feel? I hope that stung a little bit because he should have never been in Portland. He should have been out east as part of a larger deal last summer. But that didn't happen because we'd never trade. According to Ryan Smith, we would never trade Joe Ingles (laughs) until you did. Anyway, all right. I feel better now. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Let's read some comments. Let's read some comments. Uh, Edgar Garcia says, morning, players. What's up, Edgar? Hello. Jordan A says, good morning. Excited for the show today with all the Rudy stuff, LOL. We, me too. Uh, Kelsey Hamer says, bro. bro. I'll, I'll take Wiseman and Wiggins so fast. Divorce Rudy Gobert. Good morning, brother. What's up, Kelsey Hamer? Here's the, here's the problem, though. What is Golden State going to give you to get Rudy Gobert? Well, Steph Curry, Clay, and Dre, right? No. No. <laughs> Wow, James Wiseman and 17 first round picks. That's fucking interesting, man. Probably not. You're not gonna get Kaminga. You're not probably gonna get Andrew Wiggins. Right? You're probably going to get you're probably going to get one of their centers.
1: I'd have to have Wiseman.
0: I'd oh, that's just that's a given. But Kavon Looney excites you? Doesn't excite me. Um I'd have to have Wiseman. I'd have to have... I mean, you're probably getting JTA. I mean, you're probably... Like, you're probably getting pieces of that roster. Yeah. And then who's the third team? Because they can't absorb $41 million bucks a year.
1: Yeah, and I think that people don't understand that. I, I think that that dynamic rules out a ton of teams. I don't think. I know. It rules yeah. out a ton of teams. So
0: there, there is... And just so that we're clear on what a trade for a guy like Rudy Gobert would take... When you are are paying the luxury tax, you have to match that deal dollar for dollar. You cannot increase your salary, even by a penny, when you are paying the luxury tax. So the way that you put yourself in a position to better move a guy with the contract the size of a Russell Westbrook, a Rudy Gobert, the guys of big contracts that are going to get moved, a guy like a Bradley Beal. So what's the difference between Brad Beal? Brad. Brad. Mike Malone is Michael. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Bradley, yeah, Bradley Beal. <laughs> all these guys that are like, don't call me Brad. Mommy wants me to be. It's Bradley. Mitch, not Mitchell, please. Yeah, thanks. Um, it drives me crazy, but a guy like Bradley Beal here's in, this is a really good example. Bradley Beal. The, the, the Wiz did not trade him. Mm-hmm. They didn't trade him because they want to try and keep him. He didn't demand a trade because he knew that this summer he'd be an unrestricted free agent. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Well, he's definitely going to re-sign with Washington. But don't for a second think that means he's going to play in Washington. What that means is he knows the only team that can pay him a Supermax contract is the Washington Wizards. And he knows that when he signs that contract, he becomes a far more tradable player. Because then you can sign him and trade him to another team. Whereas Rudy Gobert, that number, you are stuck on that number. You are looking at his performance versus the number that you are paying him. Yeah. Right? Bradley Beal is a dynamic, athletic, proven stud in this league. (laughs) I love saying stud that way. Anyway, the point is, Rudy Gobert is a limited offensive player that his value, frankly, has plummeted. I was talking to an NBA guy that I know the other day about trading Rudy Gobert, and the first thing he said was, by the way, don't underestimate how much Rudy Gobert's value has tanked this season. Yeah. Because what have we heard about Rudy consistently? That you heard it here first on the Monty Show. Yeah. That he does not get along well with his teammates. That's a problem. He does not get along well with his teammates that he continually complains to the officials to the point where it has hurt him and it has degraded his relationship with the officials, Yeah, that he is not accountable for his actions, specifically this defensive issue where he won't step up and put a hand up on the pick and roll.
1: To get wide-open threes.
0: So you're giving up wide-open threes to guys like Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, can those guys shoot the three or... And it's it's frustrating his teammates. So you're hearing all this negative. And oh, by the way, what's the loudest negative? Well, he's making over $200 million in guaranteed money, averaging $41 million a year. So what does that do to his trade value? Yeah. It makes it harder to trade the player. And so when you get into situations like Bradley Beal... Bradley Beal is a a minted superstar in this league that 9 out of 10 teams would have no problem paying supermax money to. Yeah, How many people are wanting to pay Rudy Gobert supermax money? And
1: that's the thing. I mean, nobody in the NBA is going to hesitate to pay big boy money for a player that has that skill set, for a player that can live up to it. And that's why I say, for all the people who are like, oh, you just hate Rudy Gobert. I'm here to tell you I don't hate Rudy Gobert. In fact... I'm very indifferent on Rudy Gobert uh when I compare him to other players. I'm just simply telling you, look at the guy's skill set. It's not an opinion what he does. It's facts every single night. Everybody sees it. It's not like I'm making this up. The yeah. guy is a limited offensive player. And everyone I, I'm tired of the stat. I'm I'm really tired of the stat that says, Oh, well, you know, he's he's leading the league in field goal percentage. No, 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 no. No, the dude. best
0: one about Rudy Gobert, the best oh. stat is well, those uh, screen assists that Rudy brings to dabble everyone. I mean, the screen assists. I'm not... I, it's like, dude, the what if. Screen it, like, assists. What you're the hang... fuck does one thing. You're have hanging to do on with the other. To screen assists to value him at $41 million a year. That's the level
1: you're willing to go to. Instead of just simply saying, hey, yeah, you know, we made a mistake on this one, we overpaid him. It is what it is.
0: Screen assists. Here are some values on the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry's making forty-five million dollars a year.
1: Okay, right there. Anybody sweating that deal? Nope. Happy to do it, right? He's
0: got two hundred sixty-one million dollars remaining and guaranteed. And
1: nobody money. cares. It's per- I mean, it's fine.
0: Klay Thompson's making thirty-eight million dollars with 121 hundred and twenty-one remaining. Nobody cares. That's fine. Andrew Swiggin's is making thirty-one and a half million dollars a year. He's only got sixty-five guaranteed.
1: That's a problem. Because he has not lived up to it. Everybody says, oh, he's gotten better, he's gotten better, he's gotten better. Okay, he may have gotten better. But there were a lot of questions as to how he got into the All-Star game. and a like lot. what what he actually brings. So that's but, a contract for them that I think is questionable.
0: But this year, this playoff season, he's got a chance to earn that money. Yeah, he does. And they're going to need it. And I think he will. Um, Dre's making $24 million with 77 guaranteed. And then it's Wiseman and Kaminga. Caban Looney's making five point one million dollars. That's fine, right? And you you look at the rest. Look at Jordan Poole making two point one million dollars. But do look you see at-
1: what's happening here? Jordan Pool is a good example of a guy who's paid a, a really low number in comparison to the performance he's giving you. That's where you need to be. You don't want to be the other
0: way. Look at Gary Payton making one point six million dollars. Look yeah. at Otto Porter making one point six million dollars. Role like, players. You look at you look at Gary Payton the second. And he's very, very, very underpaid. Yes. You you look at a guy like a Damian Lee, $1.9 million. Probably paid what he's worth. Probably paid what he's worth. My point in naming all these names, a guy like Jordan Poole is probably making $30 million less than he will make on average in the next probably two years. Yeah. When they extend him, and they will extend him, I think he, he's got $6 million left on his They will definitely his contract. extend him. There's Jordan no Poole is going to be between 25 and $35 million a yeah, year. Yeah, he's going to get that money. He's going to get paid. Yeah. um, He will make that money at some point. But you look at guys like Kaminga, Wiseman, Draymond Green, like the top five guys, seven guys on their roster, are all making their money with the exception, to a certain extent, of Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. All those other guys – are are worth their weight in gold.
1: Yeah, and you can kind of see how this sort of plays out on their on their cap, right? Like you've got you've got Steph, you've got Clay, and you've got Draymond who are making the big boy money. Yeah. And then you've got Wiggins who is making money but isn't isn't egregiously overpaid. He is a bit overpaid in my opinion, but not egregiously. And then the rest of the roster is just guys who you're paying pretty average money to and then there's one that's way outperforming his contract, which is what every NBA championship team has, whereas, aka Bruce Brown last night.
0: Whereas you look at the the Utah Jazz, Rudy Gobert, this this year his cap number is 35 million dollars, and he has 200. God, that's the other thing too. And five million dollars remaining.
1: That's the other thing. The con the number goes up as he gets deeper every into the contract, single year. Dude. It
0: goes up. Which is why, by the way, that's when we say $41 million on average. That's why, because every year it goes up. Dude. And the total value divided by the years is $41 million. Bro. That's you're paying Rudy Gobert 24% of your salary cap. Brutal. Donovan Mitchell, to tell you, Donovan Mitchell is only making $28 million. And it is—it's crazy money. Like
1: twenty-eight for Donovan seems pretty reasonable. Yeah, that he's, seems, he's
0: got one hundred sixty-three million dollars remaining. Nobody cares about that. Yeah, that deal. seems pretty correct. Mike Conley. Mike Conley's number is twenty-one million dollars this year. He's got sixty-eight million dollars in cash remaining.
1: See, the Mike Conley deal to me is a is a bit different of a conversation. Man, that's not so. Like on a surface level, when you hear the name Mike Conley, you're like, all right, yeah. You know, twenty a year—that seems—that seems reasonable. But for what you got out of him in recent years and where he's at now, you would have loved to have been a fifteen to sixteen. But again, he's slightly overpaid, and we see this with many teams. Oh,
0: I just look at his money too.
1: It's a lot for what you're not getting, and 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 I don't mean to hate on hate oh. on these guys. I I don't want this conversation to be taken that way. But but the point we're trying to make here, and we can go through all these salaries, but like the point we're trying to make is that when you look at the Jazz roster, and do you still have the list of those salary cap teams, by the way, or the luxury tax teams? When you look at those other teams, like the Warriors and and several other teams, all those teams are in the tax for a reason.
0: Well, look at the Lakers. The Lakers are the best example of of this conversation. I I know this is probably going to piss people off, but the Lakers are, are arguably the biggest disappointment in the NBA this year. Yeah, Arguably. And if you look at their salary cap numbers, right, they're paying the luxury tax at $20 million this year. Russell Westbrook is their highest paid player at $44 million. He's 28% of their cap. He's got $91 million left on that. And that feels like you're overpaying him by a lot. right? LeBron James, $41.1 million. Anthony Davis, uh, $35 million and $157 guaranteed. You would never say two words about LeBron and Anthony's contracts. Yeah, Le- like you don't care about their deals. It's Russell Westbrook that's killing you. It's it's that you owe Talon Horton Tucker thirty million dollars and he hasn't really contributed for you as as you would hope. Um, that you're getting more um, out of a guy in in I don't know Austin Reeves who's making nine hundred twenty five thousand dollars, <laughs> right? My point is the Lakers. You understand why they why they went and got Russell Westbrook when they made that trade. Nobody questioned that, right? Like you understood it. You talked about his dysfunction, all that, but you understood why they why they were doing that. I look at the Brooklyn Nets. You went, and everybody says, "Well, Rudy's untradeable." Was James Harden untradeable? That's what everybody said. James is not untradeable. You have to get into a situation like Ben Simmons because you look at Kevin Durant's making forty-two million dollars. I don't care, pay him more, pay him double. I don't care. Kyrie's making thirty-five. Don't care, right? Ben Simmons is making thirty-three million dollars not to play for you. Yeah, that's the one that's a problem. But you look at Joe Harris injured. Seth Curry. Seth Curry's only making eight point two million dollars.
1: He was disappointing last night, but he's been a contributor. He's hurt. Well, he's playing on one leg. You can see that he, he. What is your saying
0: though? Well, if you're on the – well, but he had – they have no choice. He's got to play. Well – He's got to play. I don't follow him for the way he's playing. But Bruce Brown making 4.7. My point is, who are the guys on the Jazz that are underpaid? You're paying $11 million in salary cap to say all of this. Underpaid and outperforming the contract. Who are the guys on the Utah Jazz right now that are underpaid and are huge contributors? Okay,
1: just on a surface level before we start reading off numbers – I would think Jordan Clarkson comes to mind. I don't know what he's being paid, but Jordan Clarkson comes to mind. Um, could we say Hernan Gomez has outperformed what he's being paid?
0: Well, he's making six point nine million dollars, and you only owe him eight point seven. I mean, I so think he's been a decent contributor, he's a role player. What about Rudy Rudy Gay? Five point eight million dollars, and you you owe him eighteen point five.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's outperformed that money yet. I, I don't I think, think he that has either. He's still either. got some work to do on that. But
0: I look at Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside's only making one point six million. Not, not underperforming for a one point six million no, dollar he's, backup he's center. He's doing fine. He's not. Yeah. It 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 is. There's not a guy who's substantially What's overperforming. Clarkson What's Clarkson getting? Twelve million bucks a year. Yeah. See, Wait, I think he's me, right me, at yeah twelve point four. I think he's he's making what he should be making. Oh yeah, he's right at. The they number. don't have a guy that is radically outperforming his deal.
1: What's Jared Butler being paid?
0: Too much. Uh, Jared Butler is making nine hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. So
1: he's the Austin Reeves of this team.
0: The, the one guy you can point to is Daniel House, who's only making f- half a million dollars. Um, and he's as a role player, he's probably outperforming that. He's probably he probably should be paid two and a half times what he's making. What's Royce making? Royce is making eight point eight million dollars. Yeah, so so he's underperforming that number.
1: He's underperforming it, and House is overperforming it. No yeah,
0: doubt. I I I look at. It Boyan Bogdanovich is making eighteen point seven million dollars. I don't under, know. Under, under. You think he's under? under. I think he's underperforming. That. Dude, if Mike's getting twenty, Mike's making twenty one million dollars. That's the one that's killing you right now. Yeah, if
1: Mike's making twenty, you know, and I'd have to look at his numbers to see what he's averaging for the season. But I, but I think that, yeah, I just think that the again we come we always come back to the same thing. And I and I know it's probably repetitive for the listener, but. We always get back to, hey, this roster is screwed, man. The roster just is not built in the correct way.
0: Yeah. Uh, Asler2K says, we trade two first-round picks and three players in Corver, Crowder, and Allen just to get Mike Conley, and you're trading Mike with three guys just to get Peyton and Hardaway Jr.? My, uh, who's who's talking about trading Mike Conley? What are you talking about? Um, Jared Butler should take Conley's starting spot next season or at least make it into the rotation. What you need from Jared Butler is development. And the only way guys like him develop is, one, he's got to have personally – he's got to be willing to invest his money in in personal development. He's got to improve his skill set. He's got to improve his footwork. He's got to improve his hand speed. He's got to because he's playing at the same speed that he was in college, and that gets you over in the G League, and that doesn't get you over in the NBA. And the only way that you improve that curve is to play NBA basketball. And so you're in this paradoxical situation where you're not good enough to get more minutes, and you're not going to get good enough to get more minutes until you're good enough to get more minutes. Yeah. So you got to go and do the Brickley route. You got to go and get the Johnson route. Extra. You you have to do more, and you have to do it on your own. You have to do what Don's done the last couple of summers, what Booker's done the last couple of summers. Look at Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges is going to win the Defensive Player of the Year award. And he's only doing that because he's developing, but he's getting tons of minutes on a championship caliber ball club. Yeah. So that's the kind of development that you need from your, your young players, right? But this isn't Jared's fault, but it's his responsibility, if that makes sense. You see what I'm saying? Um, let's see. What else? Uh, Mesh says, if you gave Butler all of Conley's minutes from the beginning of the season until now, would the Jazz be much better Different or similar to where they are now, you would not be as good. Yeah. Because Jerry Butler wasn't ready for the for the stage, man. I mean, and and when you pay a guy Mike Conley's money, he's gonna play those minutes. Yeah. And, and this is the thing I think that you have to to understand. You can't be living in a fantasy land. And I think a lot of times guys like Ryan Smith and Justin Zanuck and and certainly Dennis Lindsey lived in fantasy land that you drafted a guy in Dante Exum who never played a competitive minute of basketball beyond high school, and he really didn't even play high school. He played academy ball, and you thought this guy was going to be a star in the league? He's never even made it in the league. He's never made it in the league. That's why you're paying the price right now. And the, the these continued mistakes, and I see all of you killing me for saying that about Ryan Smith, but I'm telling you right now, If you continue to operate the same way that you've always operated, you're going to get the same result you've always got. Yes. You got to do things differently. Take a stick of dynamite to this roster and let's move on with our lives. That's what's got to happen. Let's see. Uh, BB says, ha, love this show. No jazz. Okay. David Lee says, morning bros. Who do y'all want as the starting forward to run with Don that you think can actually, they can actually acquire it that's an impossible question to answer because when you look at who they can actually acquire, they could go and get just about anybody, but it's, it's a matter of putting that deal together. Everybody's available to you. Everybody's available to you. I mean, if I could have, if I could have best case scenario right now, I would take Kevin Durant and, you know, give me, you know, give me whoever you want to point. Give me Jason Tatum on one side, Kevin Durant on the other and Donovan Mitchell. Like, but we, we're not playing fantasy basketball. The problem is this is a two-year rebuild. And the only way it becomes a two-year rebuild is if you blow this roster up. Yeah. So what does your cap look like in, in July? What does your cap look like in August? What is what are, What are you willing to do to win? Because there's no reason that as a franchise, you cannot win a championship in the next five years. There's no reason your incompetence or your unwillingness to be uncomfortable and make difficult decisions and be married to players who frankly are not who are not marriage material. Yeah. That's what's going to prevent you from winning a championship. So we can sit here and we can throw fantasy basketball talk around, but we don't do that on this show. You don't guess and 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 you you don't wonder and make up shit about what players say and do and that's not how you how you do this. Yes. What you do is is you talk about your issues currently and what it's going to take to fix that. Their issues currently are they lack an, they incredibly lack in athletic ability, and you simply are too one-dimensional offensively. It's that simple. You cannot score in the last seven to ten minutes of a game. You can't score at the level that other teams like the Clippers, the Suns, the Grizzlies. Um, your main competitors. I look at the way Kevin Durant won that game last night. And the Brooklyn Nets did not win that game. Yeah. Kevin Durant won that game because he shoots over guys. He is a, a an elite mid-range player, which you simply must have. And you must have multiple elite mid-range players to even contend in this league. The Jazz don't have a elite mid-range player. Yeah. They don't. So you need to get more athletic. You need to get more diverse. And you need to get your financial house in order. And so in July, August, September, let's talk about who we could add. But until then, let's not do that. With all due respect. I just, that to me, it doesn't make sense. Neville 93 says, guys, guys, good morning. And Jake, we'll be waiting for your video at at the Red Rocks. Hey, guys.
1: Yeah, no, uh, it's coming out this weekend.
0: Yeah, Jake's got a video done already. Morning, fellas. How about them Angels, Jeff Johnson says. Show hay. Uh Brandon Whiteside says, playoffs are still happening. No one, including the Suns, have won this year. Jazz look like they're getting out of the first round. We don't know if the Suns will even get out of the first round. So wait, it looks like the Utah Jazz are getting out of the first round, but we don't know if the Phoenix Suns will get out of the first round. We get it. We get it. That what I you you may need to clarify that. Uh, Eric Devere says I see Gobert may be traded to the West. Mavs and Golden State are not that unlikely. It's highly unlikely. Yeah. See, this is what I mean. Highly unlikely. This, this is unlikely. what
1: I mean. Everybody reads the reports and they're like, oh well, well they're saying that the 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 Warriors are really interested, dude. They're not trading Buddy to the Warriors. Well,
0: in the what the report said is that players on the Golden State Warriors. Would would not hesitate to add Rudy Gobert,
1: but that doesn't mean that that's what does happen, that mean, dude?
0: Like, I, what is it? What does that mean? Yeah, it is highly unlikely. I mean, I would put it at ninety nine percent not going to happen. It's definitely not, not. going to be the Mavericks. You I can think, count on and that. if there's a Western Conference team that Rudy Gobert could potentially end up with, I would think it would be the Sacramento Kings. I don't see it being a a contender already, but. The Kings and the Jazz have a good working relationship. They almost had a Harrison Barnes deal done. Um, I wish that's another trade I I am glad they did not make, by the way. But the Jazz and the Kings have a working relationship. They, They talked often this past season. And if there was a Western Conference team that I think, because I think there is incredible disappointment at how this season went in Sacramento. I think the Tyrese Halliburton trade was a disaster. It was an abject failure. Yeah. And that they didn't even get close to making the playoffs. And that you are now married to De'Aaron Fox is a huge problem. And you look at that Sabonis deal. You look at, I mean, what they did did not work. And I don't know that it works into the future, but if there were a Western Conference team that the Jazz have a working relationship with that potentially they could make a deal with, I would say it's the Sacramento Kings. But I don't see him winding up in in even Portland. I don't see him winding up with either L.A. club. Um, I, I just don't see that happening. Like yeah. there, There's not a plausible scenario. It just doesn't make sense, dude. Yeah. It, it's not when, logical. Especially when you have multiple teams out east who have expressed interest and that you have you have had conversations with. I mean, the the groundwork for this trade is already laid. I hope you understand that. The relationships are already in place that will make a Rudy Gobert trade happen. Yeah. So if if I had to guess right now, I mean, I think it's Toronto. I I, I, I remain steadfast that I think it's Toronto. I wish they had done the Washington, Boston, Knicks, uh, Minnesota kind of deal that everybody was trying to put together and and wind up with Marcus Smart. I would have loved to have seen Marcus Smart be on this team. He's exactly the kind of attitude that this team's missing. But that trade didn't happen. But that doesn't mean it won't happen. Yes. yes. Because my feeling is it's the Celtics are going to part ways with Marcus Smart, even if he does win the Defensive Player of the Year, which, again, I don't think he will. But I think he's one of the top five defenders in the league. And the Jazz absolutely need that. He's a lockdown guy, no matter who you put him on. I wish he could shoot the three better, but it is what it is. Anyway. Uh, All right. Uh, Let's see. And Garcia says, good for him. And he didn't even get a hammy. Let's see. Asler 2K. Let me back up a minute. Conley was an injury-prone, aging, borderline all-star that Memphis didn't even want. And we gave up a bunch of players and a handful of draft picks. It was an awful... And insult to injury was resigning him. I it it it, the trade at the time made sense, right? Nobody Grayson Allen, Grayson Allen is what he is, right? Jay Crowder is probably the guy that you miss. You miss the edge and the attitude. And now that he wound up in Phoenix, that hurts a little bit more because you see him so regularly. The draft picks are what you miss. The the money is what you miss. But at the time you understood it. The problem that I had with the Conley trade and the problem that I had with re signing Mike, and granted you owe him, I think, twenty one next year and he's partially guaranteed in the third year, if memory serves, mm-hmm. for like seventeen million or fifteen million. Yeah. The problem that I have with that deal is that Mike Conley's been exactly who he's always been. He has not underperformed who he's been. He's always been injured in his career, always. Waters wet. And Mike Conley's hurt in the playoffs. He's always been injured. What was he last year? Injured in the playoffs. That's who Mike Conley is. You knew what you were getting when you when you traded for Mike Conley. That's the issue I have. You knew what you were getting when you resigned Mike Conley, a guy who can't play, who cannot play for you every night. Yeah. You cannot you you signed this guy to a 3-year deal. And even if it's partially guaranteed in the third year, which I'm 99% sure it is, but a a two-and-a-half-year deal. You knew this guy, when you signed that contract, was not going to play even 75 games a year. Yeah, You said, okay, I'm going to pay luxury tax for a point guard who cannot play for me every night. Ryan Smith agreed to that deal. Is that Mike Conley's fault? Nope. No, it's not. Mike Conley did what was best for him and his family because he'd likely be a Laker or a Maverick right now if he hadn't. But you can't make that deal. You should have let him go. You can't, it it, it just and in Garcia, you're not wrong. The trade was not awful. Resigning him was the more egregious issue. You shouldn't, this year should have been, hey, let's see if we can make the playoffs. Yeah. But let's be right? smart with money. Let's see if we can make let's the playoffs. Get our financial house in order. Let's see if we can make the playoffs. Yeah. Right? Because with Don, you're always in the game. You're always in the game. Cause he he is Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion, is a scoring champion waiting to happen. Like he is mid range, man. He's so close. Yeah. And if you have that guy, you're always in the game. And if you have if you have some pieces around him. Like this is what I always say about Boyan. Boyan's not the end of the world. Boyan Bogdanovich is never going to be the problem, but he's never going to be the solution either. But he's never going to be the problem. Just a guy. Because you can you can drive and kick him all day long. The problem is that you're Royce O'Neal'd up. The problem is that you're Mike Conley. The problem is that you're Rudy. The problem is that you're 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 all in love. And, and, and I'm not trying to be a dick about this, but you're all in love with Daniel House. Oh, it's Daniel. Oh. That's cool and stuff. He's bounced around the league for a reason. He's bounced around the league for a reason, and you're now counting on him. Yeah. You're counting on Daniel House. (gasps) You're counting on him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's the problem. Yes. And while you're all enamored with them waving goodbye to the Houston Rocket fans and we're going to shoot bows and arrows. Go Hawks. That's all well and good. Yeah. I don't care about beating the Houston Rockets. I want to beat the Phoenix Suns. I want to, I want to win a Western Conference Finals. But, I want to go whoa, to the NBA Finals. But you're Northwest Division champions. Well. Come on. Lottie, flipping dog. Uh, Rhett Smith says, Ryan Smith didn't seem to know what he was doing. Plus, Lindsey was in his ear early on. I'm seeing since he, he brought in Danny Ainge, a major change in the front office. There's been no change in the front office not the modus operandi. And it's because Danny Ainge wasn't really the one working behind the scenes at the deadline. Justin Zanuck's been the guy working the phones until now. Because I think what you're going to see is as we move into late spring, early summer, Danny Ainge is going to have a much firmer hand on this team. They were never going to, in in my opinion, unless they got the perfect deal, they weren't going to do anything with this particular roster. They were going to let it play out, see where they can go, and then we'll make changes in the summer.
1: Look, the disappointment of the Joe Ingles situation, uh, the fact that you didn't get more for Joe Ingles when Spencer Dinwiddie was available, oh. to me is what triggered Danny Ainge having to step in more and really get this this retool, if you will, going in the right direction. I mean, you, you essentially gave Joe Ingles away. Like, that, like you, yes. didn't, you didn't really do anything with that contract. So that that's, that's what spurred that. But I, I just think that, you know— Again, I'll keep saying this till I'm blue in the face. Be logical. Don't just say, oh, well, Warrior players
0: want Rudy, so why wouldn't we trade him there? They're going to trade him there. Like, that's not how it works. Don't be emotional. And I know it's hard to be a fan and be unemotional. But you're being emotional about guys like Daniel House because you're fans. You have to understand that when you're looking objectively at a situation, that... You can't overpay Rudy. And Brandon Whiteside, and I like you, Brandon. You're rarely correct. He says the reason why the players are getting overpaid is because once upon a time you underpaid them. That is how development happens. No, it's not. And what does that have to do with anything in this situation? How did the New England Patriots be one of the greatest dynasties in the history of sports? Because they didn't pay Lawyer Malloy, as an example. You never... Ever, as a steadfast rule, ever overpay a guy. You know who you pay? Underpay and overpay? You underpay Tom Brady. You know why? Because he's willing to take less because he wants to win more. Notice they never gave Michael Jordan the biggest contract in the history of the NBA. Never. He always took less so they could afford Dennis Rodman or Tony Kukoc. You look at the players, with the exception of Kobe and Shaq, and here's another Kobe and Shaq example. They always wanted to be the highest paid player on the team. And what ultimately happened? They, now, they won championships. They were one of the greatest teams in the history of the NBA. But they wound up imploding on each other. When you have guys like Rudy Gobert paid $41 million, you're not overpaying him because, oh, he took less money. He never took less money. He was paid on scale. The, the rookie contracts are paid on scale. It's when you get to the end of your rookie contract and you get that extension that you make a decision. Why are the Phoenix Suns not extending DeAndre Ayton yet? Because he wasn't a very good player that they wanted to sign. He wants a Supermax. He wants the maximum deal. that Not a Supermax, excuse me. He wants the maximum deal available to him. Yeah. And they're not willing to pay him As any player would want. They're not willing to pay him that. So he's only worth what somebody will pay him. Mm Mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert is worth $41 million a year because the Jazz paid that to him. It has nothing to do with development. Nothing. Because Rudy hasn't developed in a, a single bit yeah. offensively. Not a single bit. So you paid him $41 million because you're not good at basketballing. That's yeah. why you paid him $41 million. That I mean, that's just as simple as it is. Go back to the, the, the infamous argument I had in December or whenever infamous. it was about Rudy Gobert, what I said about Rudy Gobert and and Ennis Cantor. Everyone's like, you said to keep Ennis Cantor. No, asshole, I did not. And I retweeted it. Somebody went back through my timeline. Talk about not having a life. To 2014, <laughs> somebody went all the way back to my timeline in 2014 and found the tweet where I said, time to cut Ennis Cantor loose. Go all in on Rudy Gobert. I said that in 2014. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did, which was the exact right move, but you haven't developed him offensively. There's nothing that said he was worth $41 million a year. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. You know why you paid him $41 million a year? To play defense. And defense in this league is not worth $41 million a year. You, you overpaid because you got emotional about guys. Teddy Wayman says, I wouldn't be surprised if Rudy ends up in New York. I think New York would love nothing more than end up with Rudy Gobert and offload a couple of guys in that deal. And there's there were a lot of people saying that because Evan Fournier and Rudy Gobert are very close friends. And that,
1: Julius is a malcontent right now.
0: He and they're going to wind up moving him this off season. But you know it. Everybody says, well, the Knicks have nothing to offer. Well, you don't need the Knicks yeah, to that's offer what they you say anything. Say about
1: Dallas and but Brooklyn no, but no, like, seriously,
0: like the Knicks don't need to offer you anything. Yeah. This is not a Utah Knicks straight up trade. They can't make the money work. Understand the process. Understand the process, right? Yeah. It's to me, Julius Randle has value in this league. R.J. Barrett has value in this league. Um, if you look around, and you see how that roster is built, uh, you see how Washington is built. Um, Montrez Harrell has tremendous value around the league. They could have had. How much better is this Utah Jazz team if Montrez Harrell and Spencer Dinwiddie are on the roster? Very improved. How much better are the Utah Jazz with Harrell and Dinwiddie on the roster right now? You're you're up you're a Western Conference Finals contender at that point. Yeah. Because you can play Trez at the power forward. You can play him at the center. We no longer have to worry about Hassan Whiteside moping and mm-hmm. What if that deal had? What if that, in some shape, way, shape, or form, had happened? Even if it was just Spencer Dinwiddie, you traded Boyan Bogdanovich and brought in Spencer Dinwiddie in some form or fashion with other parts and pieces, whatever, and you essentially swapped Boyan Bogdanovich on the way out, Spencer Dinwiddie on the way in. Every day, twice on Sunday. You're contending for like winning a second round series now, but they didn't do that. And now, guess what? Spencer Dinwiddie's the number one option in Dallas because Lucas has got a calf strain and there's no timetable for his return.
1: Listen, if you think that he can't put up 40, you got another thing coming because he can. He's shown it many times.
0: Yeah. Rudy did not get that full max that he was eligible for to get to get plus looks like there are a bunch of teams that want him. So it seems like he is where he needs to be or the rumors wouldn't be out there. God, no, we're talking about Rudy Gobert. There's a bunch of teams out there that want Rudy Gobert. You hear that silence because that's just simply not the case. He fits in like three places. What do you like? This is what I don't understand, Brandon. You you say okay? Let me reread this comment from Brandon Whitesides. Rudy did not get the full max that he was eligible to get. Who cares? He's making forty one million dollars and you owe him two hundred and five in cash. If Who that cares? wasn't enough. Who cares what he was eligible for? Who cares? Who cares? He's making $41 million on average not to score the ball. To the, his What is – it makes my head hurt, man. His highest, best offensive use is as a rebounder, and he is elite. He's by far the best rebounder in the NBA. But why is that? Because this team shoots an inordinate amount of threes. It affects me. So he's a great rebounder. On a team that misses a hell of a lot of shots. Terribly vexed. Now, thankfully, they make a lot of threes too. Percentages. They make a lot of threes. You want to win games? Forty percent is a minimum. Forty percent and twenty threes made. It's it's a it's a minimum, and this is why 20. I say. What do I say about Boyan Bogdanovich on this show? Guys got to score twenty points a game for them to win.
1: Yeah, I mean Bogey's got twenty. You make twenty threes as a team, and you shoot forty percent from three, you're going to win the ball game. But it's so rare that they do that
0: anymore. Why are the rumors out there? Because several teams want him. Well, no, the rumors are out there. Like, do you really think Golden State is like, man, if we could get Rudy Gobert? No, they're not. They're not. They're not. They have Draymond Green and Kavon Looney, who's the perfect backup center. He says nothing. He does his job. And then he goes and sits on the bench. They have three guys capable of playing the five spot. Like, why do, do you really think they're out? Do you really think they want to give up James Wiseman for Rudy Gobert? No. Nah. No. You know, that's not how you, you don't bring in $41 million to a team that's got two massive contracts and a $31 million deal in and Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Because you really think they're trading Andrew Wiggins for Rudy Gobert? Because my guess is if you're the Jazz, my God, I would hope the minimum would be James Wiseman. Yeah. Are you going to give up James Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins to get Rudy Gobert? You're doing that? I'm not doing that. I'm not. That's crazy talk. That is crazy talk. Rudy Gobert can't guard the pick and roll. The Warriors want nothing to do with Gobert. That's Well, the other problem is I don't know that he makes them better defensively. That's the question. Everybody assumes that Rudy is this elite defender no matter where he plays. He's always going to be a great (laughs) shot blocker. Because his arms are as long as my, well, no, I wish it was that long. Obviously not. He's got long arms. But my point is, Rudy Gobert fits offensively into a very small group of, of basketball teams. Because he needs the ball in the paint for him to be effective defensively. But he also needs a team that can defend the perimeter, so all he has to do is defend the paint. But in the NBA, we play so much iso ball in this league that that really isn't a thing Yeah. where he's able to just stand in the paint and be like, okay, I'll be here when you guys want to dunk. Like, that's not a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Right? And the other thing you got to remember is the elite centers in this league. Look at DeAndre Ayton. Why does Rudy have so much trouble with DeAndre Ayton? Because DeAndre doesn't play at the rim. DeAndre plays at the free throw line because he's a jump shooting center. But what that allows you to do is run Mikhail Bridges off the wing or run Book off the wing for a layup or a pull-up mid-range. Yeah. So when when you're Rudy Gobert and you have to respect a guy's jump shot, your value defensively goes way down. If you're defending a big at the at the free throw line, your value defensively is way down. If you're Rudy Gobert, because what Rudy Gobert wants to do is he wants to body you and block your shot. He can't do that against the Suns. Yeah. Right? You just can't. Like I look at Kevin Durant last night blocking that shot. Yeah. That was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, that's elite defense for sure.
0: Right, Kevin Durant can guard the perimeter, can guard the mid-range, and can guard the rim. Rudy doesn't have the footwork or the athletic ability to guard the perimeter. Mm -hmm. So it really makes him that play in Houston that I always tweet, where
1: he's, (sighs) well, like he's got
0: responsibility to the corner and the rim, and so he has no ability.
1: You would think that instinctually he would be better in the pick and roll, like as a defensive player of the year guy. You would think that he would be, you know, he would say, okay, yeah, this is pick and roll at the three-point line. I got to step up here. Like as that's just basic. Yeah. Not to say that he's stupid, but like that's just basic
0: but like it's concept. not that he sucks or he's stupid. Yeah. The league is so good offensively, and now with the, the money that is put into game planning, yeah, which is advanced scouting, you have entire departments in front offices that only watch players and film. And schematics of teams. Dude,
1: you have a game plan put together by the time you get to morning shoot-around. I like, mean,
0: it's it's crazy. So, you know, the reason that the Clippers were able to win that series without Kawhi Leonard is because they knew the weakness of that Jazz defense was, in fact, their strength in Rudy Gobert. Because the other guys around Rudy cannot defend. Mm-hmm. They're just not physically capable. And so, when you attack Rudy Gobert and you limit him, now the the world is your oyster. So that's, that's what I'm, Rudy Gobert is not a bad basketball player. You just need to know that he is a guy that can be got. He's not. And there are very few guys in the history of the league who can't be got the Michaels, the Kobe's the well, that's why they're the best players in the league. You know, LeBron James can be had offensively. If you force LeBron James and now he's become a much better three point shooter, by the way, but LeBron's always been a player. You can't allow to run downhill. Giannis Santé Takupo, his highest best use for the first five years of of his career was sprinting down the floor and never dribbling.
1: But that's but this is my point about Rudy and, and about many players, even Ben Simmons, you know, or or you know Zion, for instance. These are NBA players, and you can't develop even a basic jump shot or a basic push shot. I mean, a, that's, another skill yeah. you have
0: to add. And this is Giannis, this is Devin Booker, this is Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. When you when you see the wall, when the wall is right here in front of you, you have to find a way to break through that. And yeah. the, the way you break through that is hard work. Yeah. So, anyway, here no there, we, we could go round and round about this. Um, I want to get to this Washington football team story. After you hit, give us a thumbs up if you're here right now. Please appreciate you very much. Uh, give us a thumbs up and a like. Please hit subscribe. We are giving away a PlayStation 5, Roger Charlie Alpha, Uh, I don't know (laughs) why it just felt right at the time. Um, But we have had a massive, massive jump here. We're at 3,858 subscribers. So within, I would say, probably six weeks, we're going to give away that PlayStation. So make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you give us a thumbs up. It really helps the channel grow. We really appreciate that. Real quick, before we get to the best desserts um, ever, did you guys hear about the scandal with the Washington football team? who I will not call the commanders, because that name sucks ass. Anyway, the <laughs> point is, with the Washington football team who hate women and gays and minorities right? and any anybody protected who's class— not, Anybody who's not a white male. So let's get this right. They don't like black people. They don't like Latinos. Right. Um, and they don't like women. Right. Other than that, they're really good to do business with. Right. Uh, well, no, apparently they're not good to do business with, because one of their employees testified in front of Congress— And gave testimony to authorities that the Washington football team is allegedly committing financial fraud against the NFL and its season ticket holders. This is a code 10 abort. So all of this, I want you to understand, only came to light because an employee they tried to scapegoat in a previous scandal said, no, 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 no. I'm going to start taking notes and recording conversations. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a problem, dude. So they wanted to fire this guy, or they didn't fire this guy. They wanted to scapegoat this guy. They made him a fall guy in a scandal. And as a reward, they promoted him not once but twice, and he got a, a salary increase of a million dollars. You know, just a small increase. And he still kept recording conversations and taking notes. And oh And, and – He also talked to one other Washington football team employee who's also on the record corroborating his allegations Mm -hmm. and his story. And he said, I want somebody to know that I am recording and taking notes because they're going to use me as a fall guy and I don't want to go to prison. I'm for real. So what he alleges is fantastical, but not surprising when it comes to Daniel Snyder. (laughs) This gentleman alleges that Daniel Snyder bought the team in the 90s. And inherited a policy that if you wanted to buy season tickets, you had to put down a $5,000 deposit per seat. That is a refundable deposit. Once you finish your season ticket contract, and they go and inspect the physical seat in the stadium, and it's not damaged or mangled or broken, they'll give you your five grand back. Okay, cool. In theory, this is great. It's good, good times, right? That's how we rent apartments in this country. you okay. casual. Um, so Daniel Snyder buys the team and changes the policy. <laughs> Only he didn't really tell anybody he changed the policy. If you were a season ticket holder and your contract expired, and you're like, Hey, asshole, give me my five grand back. You would, they would be like, it, they would ignore you. And then you would call in and you'd be like, hi, Washington women haters. How can we help you? <laughs> and you'd be like, Hey man, I want my, I want my five grand back.
1: Pause and- bro. Pause.
0: And they'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You have to send us a certified letter requesting your deposit back. They'd send a certified letter and all of a sudden it would get lost in the mailroom. And most people just wouldn't send the letter or phone or call. They would just forget about their five grand. Too bad. But Daniel Snyder would refund that money to his pocket. And by the way. Not only is he screwing the Redskins season ticket holder out of their five grand. The Washington football team. The oh yeah, excuse me. The Washington football team, that's right. We don't Ooh. like naming teams after murderous people and making fun of Indians. Never mind. He does, but I I don't,
1: don't get down like that.
0: Yeah, we don't get down like that on this show. Anyway, the point is, the point is, the point is. The point is. Yeah. Not only would he not refund that money, yeah, he lied to the NFL about it. Yeah. He allocated it. In different ways so that he wouldn't report it as revenue, so that it wouldn't be part of the um, share uh, revenue share in the NFL. Right. So not only did he do that with season tickets, he did that with other tickets that he would sell to brokers and then claim he gave them away to charitable organizations. So he wouldn't also have to report that revenue to the NFL. Thanks. And it's tens of millions of dollars that he did not report so that he did not have to revenue share. Ooh. So wait, let me get this right. Not only did you take the the Washington football team cheerleaders and use them to fillet potential sponsors, not only did you take them, the cheerleaders on trips and allegedly use them as sexual objects for your sponsors and sexually harass them, not only did you exchange emails with John Gruden that wound up getting him fired because, well, he's a racist, you know, hater of all things that are not white and blonde are we clear on that hi john anyway the (laughs) point is not only are you a terrible human being by some descriptions not only do you hate women blacks minorities native americans but you also apparently lie about your money and you're still the owner of the washington football team we're getting somewhere this is not new this is not surprising This is who this dude is. No, this is who the NFL is. This is who the league is. The only reason we know about this is because Congress and district attorneys have said, if you don't take action on this dude, we're going to take action on you. So finally, we may see a light at the end of the misogyny tunnel in Washington. Let's settle this right now. And we may see the end of Daniel Snyder as the owner of the Washington football team who's no longer called the Redskins. This guy, I hate this guy. yeah I this is the rich white guy who wants to oppress guys like Colin Kaepernick. He's just a hack who enjoys oppressing women, who enjoys oppressing minorities in yes. my opinion. Yes. that's what this is.
1: And, and it's been known for what a decade that he's that it's their shady organization.
0: I th- 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 it's amazing to me. And the NFL has gotten away with this forever. Yep. They have been the league of domestic violence. They have been the league of suicide. They have been the league of Junior Seau taking a sawed-off shotgun to his chest. They have been the league of Dave Duerson killing himself with a shotgun under his chin. And then they lied about what football does to your brain. And they withheld money. And, their and one they of,
1: blackballed Colin Kaepernick.
0: One of their greatest players on the offensive line in the history of the world was homeless and nobody cared. And they hate women and blacks and minorities. And we still watch their teams and we still watch their games and we subscribe to the Sunday ticket. And I'm as guilty as anybody. I'm a Chicago bear loving mf'er, and we allow this to happen because every time, and I'll just keep saying this, and this is the same thing in the NFL and Major League Baseball, you're all guilty as baseball fans. You're all guilty of supporting steroids in, in the 90s. You are. There is no – I will never forget when Mark McGuire hit a home run to become the all-time home run king, and Mrs. Monty may remember this. We were in the city of Tahunga, in sorry. a white Jeep Wrangler driving down the 210 freeway listening to that game on the radio when that happened. We were not married yet. We were just – Living in sin, pounding box, and listening to baseball on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and I was as responsible for steroids and baseball as Victor Conti ever was because I paid money to go to Dodger games and Angel games and Cub games. Thanks. And I bought bobbleheads and wore jerseys. And still to this day will tell you that Mark McGuire is one of the simple, most important players that's ever lived. Yeah. And I am as responsible as Daniel Snyder facilitating alleged sexual abuse of women as anybody cuz I buy the Sunday ticket. Yeah. So I own that. Now I want this fucking guy out. Yeah. And it's it's long overdue. Okay He's now. A now. Oh, okay. Do we have any comments on that or probably. Um <laughs> Brandon Whiteside says Snyder is just underpaying everyone. That's oh, a Rudy Gobert philosophy. Uh the Washington white skins, Jared Jensen says. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, okay. James Knight says, my comment were vanishing at Garcy. Your comments were vanishing? It's probably because you were cursing or something. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I can only comment about the suckiness that is Caruso for so long. Truth. I have never taken steroids. Uh, Jared Jensen, your com- he, I think you said TP for my bunghole, but your comment got...
1: TP for c- my bunghole.
0: <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about Dimwitty, about how it would put the team over the edge. That's not what we said. That's not what I said. I didn't say that Spencer Dinwiddie would put this team over the edge. What I said is it would make them a playoff contender. They would have more athletic ability and more scoring ability in multiple depths that would allow them to win more games. I never said it would put them over the edge. Anyway, let's talk about Peach Cobbler. It is National Peach Cobbler Day. Yes. And for fat folks like me, it's a national holiday. Fat! Now... Having said that, I haven't had peach cobbler, and I don't know how long. Yep. Um, but I do enjoy
1: dessert. There's only one answer to the best dessert around.
0: It's well, Costco apple pie.
1: <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Shut up. There's no doubt about it. No, it's not. It is easily the best dessert around that you can get
0: regularly. What are you gonna have for dinner? Yeah, I know butter Sunday.
1: cake at Mastros.
0: I get it. I the get it. The best dessert on a regular basis is Mastros butter cake a la mode with vanilla ice cream and some shit on the plate and then you just eat that and you go into a diabetic coma that's the best dessert on the planet now having said that Costco apple pie especially day two Costco apple pie yes just eating the crust off the top of the Costco apple pie No, no, the the other dog yeah the other dog is taken up to the habit now by the way (laughs) so now I don't have one dog licking his ass I have two And I don't know why. It's fine. Sorry. Yeah. So anyway, it's okay, Costco, okay. At the, the pie crust on Costco, apple pie, the lattice on top. It's phenomenal. Best dessert. ever. It's made. phenomenal. Best dessert ever made. Yeah. Um. So I like that. Yes. I
1: think I think of places you can go. The Mastro's butter cake is
0: by far the best. And it's not close. And Garcy says, trace leches rum cake. My wife's specialty. Oh, my. That does sound good. Um, warm cobbler with vanilla ice cream. Giggity yes. Says yes. Yes. Finally, the fat drop. LOL. James Knight says, <laughs> <laughs> um, other desserts. I enjoy caramel apple streusel cheesecake at, at cheesecake factory, even though they don't make it on a regular basis mm-hmm. anymore. That's really good. I like cheesecakes. I'm a big cheesecake fan. Um, you know, my left thigh is, uh, an homage to cheesecake. Um, I also have really gotten into, and I know this is going to sound crazy. No. My favorite dessert currently is a Mrs. Monty special. She makes homemade Oikos triple zero yogurt with cut up strawberries. She makes it herself. And I love it. Wow. It's not really homemade. We buy the strawberries at Costco. and the Well, occasionally we buy the Oikos triple zero at Harmon's when they have it. Mm-hmm. And I never thought I would say this. I never thought, from the king of fat people, right, that I would say this. Right, I love vanilla Oikos Greek yogurt. I want it. It is so good. What do you like about so, it? it? It tastes and it's creamy. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, we clear on that. It's a white, creamy substance. So just take it easy, okay? Just relax. Uh, you know. Uh no, I it the the flavor's great, the texture's great, even though you hate the texture of yeah, yogurt. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, nah, Oikos, triple zero good. cherry or vanilla. Put that on some fruit. My wife makes oh man. Anyway. Um I just I love it. You know. Uh Big Dog O Town. Okay. Says I'll guarantee you Jason Fatlock will defend him today on his Jason show with himself loathing. Fatlock anti-black hating self okay shout the mo wow this got very serious big dude dog. uh teddy wayman says homemade hot fudge pudding with vanilla ice oh. cream oh my god fat teddy i'm still hung up on jason oh. fatlock like. big dog o-town is not a fan of <laughs> Bro, jason what, fatlock what, why do you hate him um james knight says we're not talking about semen Er, i mean ranch talk again are we <laughs> <laughs> I got so many comments on God's semen. It was a joke. I was kidding. I Literally one guy yesterday uh... on YouTube is like, you talk about how you live down from the ochre temple and you're talking about God's semen. That's disgusting. <laughs> it's like, really, dude? Do you think, do you think... And I, listen, I know Joseph lives in the temples. Do you think he's going to, yeah. like, come and kill me because I said God semen? <laughs> it was a joke, man. Relax. What are you, lust? Laugh a little, dude. Careful, the iguana might come out, dude. My God. Okay. It's not an iguana. <laughs> it's... <laughs> God, let him know that it's a salamander. Okay, fuck you, <laughs> It's not... Oh, my God.
1: They should have had a daughter. Iguanas, salamanders, oh. reptilian creatures. You know, it is what it is. Cock, what? They all, all fall the in the same.
0: Like, come on. You're an idiot. <laughs> anyway, the point is, God's semen is the greatest dressing ever. <laughs> as far as the best desserts go... um I think if I had to pick one, Costco apple pie would be right there. Yeah, dude. Come on. It would be. I can What's another dessert? I'm a huge cake fan. When mm-hmm. my wife actually is not lazy and she actually, you know, cooks, which is like every day. <laughs> she makes me breakfast and dinner every day. Wow, uh, Dad. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Dad. Wow. Um, she makes incredible cake, like really good. Her Super Bowl cakes that she never makes anymore. She used to make me blueberry pie. She never does. Um, her blueberry pie was really good. Like I, it's tough to beat a good berry pie. Yes, it is like really homemade cherry pie. Tough to beat. My God. Tough to beat. My God. Tough to beat. Um, I've gotten away from ice cream though. Like I used to like Ben and Jerry's, but it anymore. Like when I eat ice cream, I just feel like ass. Like (laughs) it just does not sit well in my stomach. Yeah. You know, like I, so I don't like eating ice cream that much anymore. A fat boy ice cream sandwich that's not freezer burned? Um <laughs> like when you can eat the chocolate sandwich See, part? Okay, of it.
1: we gotta talk about this. We gotta talk about this. What? So you eat you eat the, the chocolate, you know, whatever we wanna call that portion of the ice cream sandwich. The cookie part of the ice cream sandwich. So are you the same guy that then when you're having Oreos is gonna eat the the frosting out of the middle of the <laughs> Oreo first? Is that how you is that how you do it or
0: James Knight said, Chris Rock made a joke, too, and got the Jesus slapped out of him. <laughs> wow. I do eat the cookie. The I, terminology I eat the... is getting Will Smith, okay? Yeah, please. This isn't a God thing. I swear, I don't hate God. See, they, this like... is what happened. And you your comments with... are getting filtered now. Like, it's not a God thing. It was a joke. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> we know that God doesn't have semen. We know he has an angelic touch that impregnates people. We get it. I'm a
1: fucking unit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever. Bro. Whatever. I. What it, are people saying about this? I, I don't need to know. Because like two people got their comments filtered. And yesterday the asshole on YouTube was like, hey, when did this shit turn into CNN? It's too bad I can't listen to great sports talk because now I have to block you guys. All right, blow me. Uh, it, it, God bless. It <laughs> was one comment. It was one comment about God's semen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I should probably stop saying it. Oh, uh, wow. Jeremy Bolton said, or Greg Hawkins says, not the ranch again. <laughs> Guy, I may have said ranch. You're the one who brought up fisting yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Greg Hawkins, yeah. Uh, y- you brought up fisting yesterday in what was amazing, but you still did that. And then See Jeremy what? Bolton Sheesh says, yourself. yeah, Greg Hawkins, your ranch fisting comment needs to go to the Hall of Fame of comments. Yeah. Yes, it does. It is. It is the Hall of yeah. Fame. There are no other. The new peach monster drink is pretty good. Zero sugar, Cam Harrison says. I got to tell you, I'm into the peach flavor thing. I like peach. Pe- like good. My wife drinks a peach um, amino drink every day, like an energy drink, and just she opens the can, and you know it's like that – and then it like sprays out some mist. Speaking whoa, of God's whoa, semen. Whoa. That mist that comes out of the, the peach can. My God. Anyway, I'm going to hell if there is. A, my wife claims there's no hell. Uh, James Knight. Um, I already read that. Um, Jared Jensen says apple pie with some schnitzel sauce. I don't know what that is. I don't want to know what schnitzel sauce is, please. Um, is that like poutine? Putin's poutine? No. No. I'm not no, I'm no, no, we're not, Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't want to get poisoned on my door handle. Uh my favorite dessert is more like a scotch or an espresso, James or Greg Hawkins says. My wife loves a good cappuccino. Yes. I don't drink coffee. I think it is Satan Semen. Um Okay. Well, it just flowed. <coughs> it just flowed. Literally, huh? Yeah, Satan's semen. Yeah. Flowed. Uh <laughs> I don't like I don't like coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker, but man, a good a good cappuccino. I can't remember. If she made me drink cappuccino once. And, of course, again, because, well, I like dessert. They have one of those little cookies on the plate. Mm-hmm. You can dip it in it's there. The and the point of the cappuccino. I actually like cappuccino a little bit. You know, Magic Finger Seaman, and Garci says.
1: Who's going to be the one that changes their <laughs> YouTube name to God Seaman?
0: Shout out to Chipotle's LOL, and Garci says. Teddy Wayman says, God Seaman comment had me dying yesterday. <laughs> Well, apparently I'm dying, too, because I'm going to hell now. Don't talk about BYU and God's semen. I won't. Jaron Hall's mom. James Knight, you're pushing it. And Garcy says Chick-fil-A has an awesome peach shake. Okay, so are we off on the Chick-fil-A Yeah, thing? I'm off Chick-fil-A. The death of the we're, rapper we're, we're at Chick-fil-A. That. We're out of that. Yeah. The, death of, the rapper is killing you at Chick-fil-A, just so you know. That in the bread that Chick-fil-A uses apparently has 87 ingredients in it. Yeah, I'm good. The bun on a Chick-fil-A sandwich has 87 ingredients. Nah, I'm uh, fine. I'm fine. But then I'll eat like two large fries with fry sauce and be like, no, I can't eat that bun. It's got bad things in there for you. <laughs> Just give me more fries. Uh, Jarrett Jensen says schnitzel sauce is the semen. Okay. So get your facts straight. I asked for this. I asked for this. Uh, Az cards Phoenix Suns on God uh, says Suns clap the cheeks of any team. Whole NBA is frauds. Suns equal 2022 20, champions. We just talk about <laughs> butt clapping right now. Did we? Okay. See, like I say, I don't know how I this said happens, the dude. word semen one time.
1: I don't know how
0: this happens. I probably said it way more than once. Me? And now we we went from God semen to butt clapping. That motherfucker don't miss, man. Whatever. Whatever. Jeremy Bolton says, hey, you can't just throw out Jaron Hall's mom all nonchalantly. This is serious. She's hot. Deal with it. Ah, you nonchalantly. Yeah, like I threw it in your mu- No. I'll wow. I'll stop. It's 8 o'clock. We got to go. Yeah. yeah. This show is, I don't know what happened to this show this week. I really don't. And it's only Wednesday. That's the good news. Listenership is way up. But we're probably not going to be here on Friday. Probably.
1: Oh right, 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 right.
0: From my lips to God's ears. I'm sorry. I said semen, sir. Your se- I talked about your semen, but please let me go snowboarding Friday, please, please. Um, anyway, I just went from God seeming to praying that he will let me snowboard. <laughs> Uh, Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Please shop the, um, the affiliate links. Oh, my God. The greatest set of Upper Deck baseball cards. I have a link for that, too. Everybody's like, hey, can I get more baseball card links? Thank you for buying off our affiliate links. Jeremy Bolton says this show's been off the rails for three days in a row. Love the Luca mom. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.